Hey, and hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, Speaking oh, I am Jay Wade, and uh, here we got episode number eight of this. <laughs> Speaking of Smalldown. Speaking oh, of Smalldown, Jay Wade. I, know, I lost it. We're, we're a couple minutes late. I, I have my mind somewhere else. Uh, obviously, probably somewhere. As always. But, um, but welcome to Speaking of Smalldown. Sorry about that, everybody. Uh, I'm Jay Wade, and as, as usual, we got Double D here. How you doing? I'm exhausted after the whole blizzard we had this uh, in the last few days, but I'm here. I'm well. Let's get going. Blizzard? Blizzard? I, yeah. I told Frenchie the other night we got like two inches. I was wrong. Frenchie, actually, we got five to seven inches, which he'll yeah. still make fun of, but it, it's nothing to what? sneak at. We got, what, like around 11 inches, 12 inches, I think, of snow? Oh, well, still. So. Not that. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much how much we got here. <laughs> All right, but I, I don't think we're wetter people, though. Uh, he said my name. My name's Frenchie. I am happy to be here. Uh, that being said, I'm rocking a brand new Jets Winnipeg Retro Classic shirt. I just bought it. I am really proud of it. I'm sleeping in it, basically. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, dude. I don't sleep in anything. Too much information. Yeah, uh, it, the image is Jay. Go ahead and uh, uh, before we get started, go ahead, everybody. Uh, please subscribe to this channel here, this YouTube channel, uh, and do the same thing with on the podca- podcasting platforms. Uh, also, follow us on Twitter at the Jcast Network and uh, on Stereo at the Jcast Network. Um, and uh, also, there's a Facebook page, Speaking of Schmodown, where we upload clip outs from this show. If you're uh, if you don't have the attention span for an entire show, I understand. Uh, that, I assume a lot of my stuff is clips. Uh, and just to throw my two cents in, for those who are watching and not subscribed, saying, ah, why would almost 70% of our watchers are not subscribed, but they're coming back. So if, if it's not your first time watching us, just click that button. Yeah. It's not that hard. Yeah, come on, slam that button, guys. Say it, say it, Dan. We both did. Slam it. Yeah. Smash it. Just um, don't, break your, don't break your computer, guys. <laughs> yeah. um, this isn't my computer. Yeah, but them smashing the button might break the computer. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. Now, okay. as you can see, I'm still tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got. Uh, I don't know the thing. I, the thing I want to start talking about first is uh, some matches were announced. Uh, the first gr- set of matches for the schedule uh, were released, and um, I'm about to pull them up here right now. Uh, it, yeah, we're getting we're getting started, guys. First of all, we got the big pay per view match uh, coming up with uh, what do we got? We got Chandra versus Mara Kanopic for the title for Inner Geekdom, and then we have also got uh, got uh, Molly Damon versus Laura Kelly. So that's going to be really really good. Uh, quick thoughts on that since I just brought it up. What are you guys thinking about the first pay per view uh, event and uh, how that how that might unfold? It's stacked. It's stacked. I mean, it's exactly what I was hoping. Something very like, first of all, IG and Star Wars up front is always a good thing, right? Uh, but it's definitely uh, going to set up uh, certain like people uh, because a lot of people have been talking. Oh, Myra could have been the next champion uh, back again. Uh, Shanju got lucky, uh, and a lot of people are also saying uh, Myra was good old school. So it's, it's going to settle 
a lot of scores. Same thing for for Molly and and Laura Kelly. Uh, it's gonna have some some you know. Uh, Molly didn't have the best performance. She did good, but she didn't advance that well. Uh, so she's really gonna have a chance to prove right off the bat if you know she can really back up what she's saying. So this is a pay per view to settle some stuff that wasn't settled last year, personally. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I've been, I've been excited to see. Obviously, I'm excited to see Star Wars again, uh, right mm. out the gate, and uh, I'm excited to see Mara come back because uh, we've been promised her since last see, last year this time. So I want to see her back. I'm glad we're back. Obviously, she had to leave for personal reasons. I totally understand, but she's back. We have her back, and I'm excited. So I can't wait. Um, as a, as, and, and I guess stats, I don't know how much stats would play into this, but if they do, uh, let us know that too. But, uh, in your, in your opinion, what you're thinking and, in, in the, the past history of these players, uh, being Mark Anopic and Chandru, Dan, uh, what do you think might happen here? Do you have a prediction? Oh, uh, I mean, I want to say, I, I, my heart wants to say Mara, but my head wants to say Chandru because, He's been playing uh, regularly. He's he's has more recent history and matches, so that gives him a little bit more edge. And obviously, Mara's probably a little bit rusty. She's never done a uh, uh, online version, but hopefully, she has Dan there to help her through it. Uh, and obviously, she is still in the loop. She still knows what's going on. And we have seen some uh, from uh, the spectacular match. Chandru isn't as strong as he claims to say. Uh, he has some uh, blind spots, so I think Mara could capitalize on that if, that if those blind spots pop in. But I have to say it's going to be pretty close. It's I'm probably going to say maybe Chandru, just just to say it. But I want my I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong. Well, I say Chandru too, but uh, to your point, that saying, you know, she might have some rust, it could apply to a lot of players. I think the one person that may not apply to is Mara, that concept, because she did an overtime match drugged up right after an accident, right? Certain circumstances don't seem to shake her, and she is, you know, married to Dan Merle. The, the, she, even though she's not necessarily been playing, I'm sure she's been training with Dan Merle. The one person that can really put you in the right mindset to not be rusty would be Dan Merle as your, like, partner for, for training. And like I said, there's not much that seems to phase her per se. So I'm not worried for that aspect, but I really do think that Shanju uh, has evolved this game probably from uh, last last game to this uh, the season, just in a short, very, very period of time. Look what he did from not being a champion to being champion. There was a very quick escalation to improvement. So I think he's going to want to defend that belt and be uh, – extend his record. I think he's really after a record here, right? He wants to establish as being the best IG player. So I don't think he's going to lax right now and take it easy. So because of that, I think he's going to be better this time. And I think Mara's chances just went down a bit. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Mara definitely has uh, an edge. She definitely is a strong player and she does have the end. But again, it's just my head says one thing, my heart says another, and I, I just can't make a decision. I, I want I want to say John Drew, but I really want to say Mara. That's that's how I would want to sum, sum it up. 
Right. But there's one factor here and one thing that Chandru has in his corner that we, that we've uh, we've completely overlooked. And I've not heard anybody talk about it at all. Um, I don't think I've noticed it until recently. Uh, but he, he just, you know, as he develops and as we see more and more of him, he gets better and better. Um, how can you bet against uh, that hair, uh, that, that <laughs> he has gathered over this COVID time? Uh it looks good, man, and I don't know how. I don't know how anyone could count him out. I, 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 I think back to the old Bible story. Uh, uh, old girl cut the dude's hair off, and he lost. Samson. Samson. Yes, there you go, man. Uh, uh, I think, I think, and, and I think the hair has a lot to do with it because when he started, he had shorter hair, you know, and then as time has gone on, he's gotten better and better, unstoppable, unstoppable. And now, now he's got that that beautiful mane and that that amazing facial hair, uh, it, and I think that that has a lot to do with it, man. I think the power is in the hair. All right, so your argument is really power in the hair. In that case, if that was the case, my man, uh, Soul would have been champion a long time ago. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know that because when we met Soul, he already had long hair and a big beard. So exactly. So we don't. So, so it's like. His accumulation of superpowers would have been tenfold, right? He would have dominated right off the league if we're only going on pure, uh, pure hair power, my friend. Why are we talking about hair? Why are we talking about I hair? I know. I need a haircut. <laughs> no, uh, be, talking about hair because I because I really do like his hair and his beard and shit. I think it's cool. Um, but uh, but no, I I think it would be interesting and it'd be cool. It'd be a change up if Mara won, but um. Just Chandra's on such a roll, man, and he's so very confident. Uh, that and swag. I mean, drip, drip, dude. I mean, it's hard to – Winston is a good manager. He really is. Um, so, it's yeah. hard to bet against the guy who has just been been rolling over people. And and, and that dynamic, just, just as a character standpoint, that dynamic of Winston's not that much – he can be a jerk, but he's not that much of a jerk. He's still a good guy, and he's very enthusiastic. And the dyma- dynamic and difference between him and Shandru really play off. I wouldn't want to see him in, like, in a corruption or in a, you know, in dungeon where they're always like that, right? Uh, I like that seeing that difference in character, and, and it really works out. So, personally, he is at a right – faction for you know his studying what he needs and also in the right faction for his character as well because he would look even more of a douchebag if he was on a douchebag uh type of uh of faction right right well i i got a question here you you brought up the dungeon and we've got mara and dan on the dungeon we've got bateman on the dungeon we've got robert parker on the dungeon and i mean there's more but i just want to for what i'm going to say here i'll just stick with those now Obviously, Merle has a strategy of training that has worked for him his entire career. Uh, same with Bateman and Robert Parker as well to get him to where he's got through the fan leagues and, and now up into the big show. Um, Mara, I would assume, uh, would be using the technique that Dan does, uh, and, and he would be helping her along and whatnot. I'm, I'm not trying – nothing against Kaiser. I love Kaiser, but I would imagine that – the training is is more not – it's not his strategy as much as it is the players bringing it in. So what I'm thinking here is you've got, you've got these big hitters who are good and each probably have their own strategy. Can you come up with one team strategy to help well, 
everyone, or, or are you going to have to kind of split the dungeon into little groups like this strategy works best for these couple people and so on? Well, I, I can't talk. I can't talk too much about how they do it, right? But um, or like name uh, specific names. But I know uh, for a fact that it's different for almost every faction. Certain factions will have almost like you do your own thing, and we'll practice together, and we see you know who who dominates and and who whatnot. But like the main like group things is just to, to to refresh, right? Then you got those who constantly, almost every day, train and find a system within themselves. And then there's other factions just alter yourself. If you want to be a good player, you have to be naturally uh, have your own system, and then we'll see the results, right? So there's very variance. I personally think in their case, since she's good, she had a system before, uh, it shows. You don't have that much knowledge. Uh, and she's with Dan Merle, who is a student of the game as well now. Uh, he really perfected his game. I think they probably have their own system, and they, they practice with others, but uh, they don't rely on others to study. They rely on each other and themselves, right? So I think it's separate for their, for their thing, and they just test out the results in group, personally. That's how I would do it if I was her. Can that build tensions and, and, and little like clicks and stuff throughout the season? Maybe like uh, like a, our group has some sort of issue with your group, maybe, or maybe we're not as we're not as all close to each other because we have our little study clicks. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I mean, it could happen. You see it happen in sports, dude. Teams and the I, dynamic. I, I, I don't think so because everyone has to pull their own weight and they do it in different ways. Uh, like I said, can't talk about much, but I know there's one specific. Uh, it's a team aspect without the faction, meaning that person has rolling something that, you know, it, it, there's multiple people working for them just to get that person evolved. Uh, I don't see it as a faction problem because if someone's trying to get better, if you're just complaining about it, that just means you're not putting enough effort on your own and you're being jealous. Uh, so, and, and for me, that's, that's a, that's an issue. A faction should not be about me, myself and I, in a sense that you're doing better than me. It should be who can do what and how can you improve? So it could be a problem. I don't think it is though, because everyone has the same goal of bringing belts into the faction. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 All right. And, um, yeah, Lord Kelly and Molly Damon, that's, that's a whole different question though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because yeah, that's that's something I've been thinking about. Uh, well, I, I mean, obviously, hey, I'm not just discl- I'm not giving up any secrets here. But uh, uh, I, I just joined a fantasy fan uh, a fantasy league for Schmodown uh, that is hosted by uh, Daniel from Schmo's of the North, and um, so I've been looking at everything, the entire list, and one of the things I keep thinking about every time I see Molly's name is the fact that that she lives with and 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 breathes the same air as as the fucking guy that seems no one can beat and so i imagine her knowledge has got to be at least almost equal to his uh she does the shows with him um that that one i just i'm really interested in seeing what she can do here yeah, and, and we got a brunch time for this one, so I'll, I'll try to go fast on this one. But for me, a lot of people are going to say, oh, it's a bit like, you know, Mara and Dan. No, it's not. Because Mara is proven. Uh, she has an amazing recall. Uh, she, she 
she's a player onto herself that she already made a mark, right? Whereas Molly Damon, she was good, but I'm, I'm even though she's married to Damon and she, you know, has a good Star Wars knowledge. I don't know if she has the memory recall and the the, the game aspect down to an art uh, to be really considered as a superpower power. Uh, and instead of just like, oh, she's associated with this guy, she must be good. She must maybe has the knowledge. Doesn't mean she's able to spit it out at the right moment. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, because, you know, I all the matches I've seen Molly in, it, it just seems that, you know, she's not, she knows it. But it's about gameplay. We've seen this is like with William Bibiani, who who may know the knowledge, but just may not know how to play the game. And I think that's where her struggle is. Now, maybe Alex could help her. Maybe her team could, her team could help her. But I mean, we haven't seen improvement yet. But maybe we'll see an improvement this match, and maybe give uh, Laura Kelly a run for her money. Yeah, um, it's no secret I'm a big fan of Laura Kelly, so uh, I'm rooting for her, and I've been rooting for her to take that title from Alex Damon for a couple of years now. Um, nothing against Alex, but just big fan of hers. Um, uh, I kind of want know him just to win a few more matches so he can break that Patriots record. Just break that Patriots record, and then he can get it. That's the only request. Hell yeah. Um, uh, here in a little bit, here in about, uh, was it about, 35 minutes or so we should uh we should have winston marshall coming on here but uh until then um let's uh let's move on to what do we got here see even i have to look at the schedule today we changed it up a little bit uh hard questions actually is what we got coming up next um where uh frenchie and i just uh i i ask a question that, that you know let's talk about it um and just to precise, this is not uh, Fresh's Corner where we argue all the time. This is more of you know, an yeah. analytical uh, and uh, philosophy discussion about Schmodown. Uh, those discussions that might, like, you know, arise anger sort of people, which I, I never got why. Uh, and, and really talk about it like gentle people. Yeah. Yep. All right. But, uh, so. Here we go, guys, uh, with Frenchie's Corner. Um or not Frenchie's Corner, hard questions. Uh, I'm a little out of it today. I, I, I got a lot going on this weekend. Man, my car broke down the other day. I don't know what. Oh, damn. It, 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 I had to walk to work in the cold and snow the other morning. It was terrible. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, the question I wanted to ask you, uh, I was going to ask this last week, but uh, we canceled it uh, to get some more time in with our guests. Um, were there too many rookies drafted into the Schmodown? Um First of all, I I was shocked that there were as many drafted as there was because you know my original question was should it have been mandatory for each faction to use their two extra picks on rookies because mm-hmm. I kind of just assumed that there weren't going to be many rookies going to be honest and there were a lot of uh, well well liked and well known and good players who didn't go in the draft um, and I don't know I'm just wondering man were there too many rookies drafted. Uh, for me, this is a very easy question. Uh, no, I, I even think there's not enough. And hear me out. Um, it's because, first of all, we saw the lo- rookies went fast and hard. And, and in the first rounds, right, first, second, third rounds, there was picks that everyone's like, whoa, I thought this this was like a seven-round pick. And then there's people who thought it was going to be round one, and then they got round four. So uh, it it really shows the dynamic Harloff is going for this season. Uh, it's the the year of new blood, 
Adam Collins, I think, affected and changed the game forever that really showed, like, you can be a mid-season pickup and change and be the champion, right? So I think that's what um, Harloff is going for, and it helps the expansion of, of the Schmodown, but even more important, it really helps JCL. You want too many rookies. You want way too many uh, players for that capacity uh, of being drafted and signed up because you want a cushion, uh, a rest of a cushion to put in in JCL, right? So uh, I, I say it's a really good thing because it, it makes sure that we got players, those who are not drafted can be signed in the minor leagues and uh, those who you know really make an impact or the, the, uh, the managers want to do a, a chance on them, it really gives them the chance to be able to... to the shoulder thing and I, it's not to be mean but there's like uh there's certain people like an actually if he would have been on there i don't think he would have been drafted right but i would love to see actually in a jco it would maybe push down the the d level players that you know it's always come up often because they don't have any other good good players <laughs> and they're running out of like ideas so they just put a d player again and again right and they always lose or so it really avoids having like lower quality players and maybe give them a shot in the actual level playing field in the minors. So the more rookies we have, the better, in my opinion. Right, right. Um, I, I haven't taken a side on this either way, but my my questions uh, uh, when I think about it are, um, you know, it, it's the the league is just starting to really take off now. You know what I mean? It's been around, we're in our eighth season now, but it's really over the last two, three seasons, uh, last two and and last season, especially starting to take off, got skybound behind it now. Um, And, and you're bringing in, and yes, for the new fans who are coming in, uh, fresh faces aren't going to matter that much because they're just starting to get used to these people anyway. Mm. Um, And the hardcore fans, they're not going to budge because they're hardcore fans and they're in it for the long haul. But you're going to have maybe maybe some of those people in the middle who um, they they don't know these fresh faces and it's frustrating for them. And maybe uh, maybe I mean you never know. What if what if the the majority of the rookie class gets walked all over and it's not very and, and it's not a competitive type thing. There's I, and I'm not, you know, obviously I'm not saying there should be like a cap on the amount of rookies that should be drafted. Uh, I'm just thinking it's a little lopsided and maybe that could cause some issues in the future. Well, no, I agree with what you're saying. But for me, like the more diversity and types of players, types of personalities, types of like gender uh, gender and, and backgrounds and, and yeah. orientations, etc., the more you can find someone who associates to that new person. But what you need for it is new injections all the time, right? And it permits, personally for me, permits uh, having a dynamic that changes every season for certain factions until they find their key, right? There's like, a faction that already found their key, kept it, which is corruption. They don't need recycling. But you got things like, you know, quirky mercs. It really gives them an advantage to, to, to kind of cycle through who they want to, you know, sign up and, and involve with. Because they have two good players and a good superstar, but that's it. That's really what they got. So certain teams need uh, to go through that process to start finding their foundations of the faction and build out uh, a championship team. Uh, so I think it's a really good thing. I don't think 
personally, next season, uh, I, I hope we don't have that big of a list. I think it's, it's unique to this season. The injection, uh, I, I think there's a couple of players are nearing their their, um, their retirement phase, right? Uh, you're, you're getting a phase that we might lose very soon, a couple of players. So they're, they're making sure that, you know, there's a lot of players uh, to replace them in maybe two, three years. But then next year, I think we're going to see a smaller size, but still a good size of rookies that always going to be injected until there's a next wave of potential retirements. Right. And, um, and, and, and I know Christian said before, and he's right, that this is not a traditional sport. Mm. Uh, but still looking at it from a sports in general aspect, you can only really compare it to traditional sports. So in that sense, um, it just uh, – I don't know. I, I would think that, that this is the big show, and I always go back to baseball because that's my, that's my jam. But this is the big show, and the point of it is to win. And the point of it, and and the the way you win is by having players that you know uh, are, wouldn't wouldn't. In other words, without me talking for five minutes, wouldn't it be more beneficial to look at these rookies that have been drafted as they develop in the minor leagues, as opposed to trying to develop and see what they have in the big show where it really costs you. Maybe eventually, but it's not like uh, the town pool has been so tapped. It's not like a professional sport like uh, MLB that you really have to go in the depths of like, or like wait for that 16-year-old to become an 18-year-old. There's still a lot to be explored. So um, imagine if Collins would have had, had to start in a JCL first. Corruption wouldn't be champion, right? Uh, so, like, there's certain players that are hidden gems, and Christian knows they're hidden gems, that they don't need to be JCL. And I think that's what the fun thing is of having the the, the, the draft and the, those who are left go in JCL. It's up to the managers to figure out if they're gems or not. If, they, if they're, uh, as we would say in, in hockey, my, I play NHL 2020 almost all day, right? Uh, and there's something called NHL ready, like player ready, that... You know, you got people that you draft in the second round, but it can start next season, not a problem. And then you've got other people in the first round that are fucking amazing. They are, you know, sniper elites, but they're not ready for the big boys until maybe the next two, three years. So it's up to the managers to figure out who the, those players are. And those who are left behind are going to have a shot to prove themselves in JCL and then go up. So I actually find it's a good balance of also um, testing the skills, the drafting skills of, of uh, the faction managers. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, let's bring Dan back in and get his take on this. Um, what do you, what do you think of all this? Okay. So now to kind of give a little behind the scenes, I did actually submit an audition case. I did not get drafted. And I think that's a good reason because you know, when, when you're looking for good rookies, you want someone who really knows their movieology. And I feel like Christian chose the players that are the cream of the crop. And, you know, when you have these rookies, we don't know what they are. We, we, we don't know what they're going to do because we haven't seen their audition. We haven't seen what they can do. So we're already making a judgment like, oh, they're not going to do it. We are, like last week, we said the fifth stock exchange was going to do bad, but you know what? We don't know what they're going to do. Hey, you guys said it. I didn't. I said it was risky. I, I want to say I, I want to say it was risky. I didn't say, but I will say that we don't know what they're going to do. And I think that because, the, like you said, French, you, uh, just before, the managers have to kind of sort through all of that stuff, and they have to pick 
based on their what, what the rookies are able to bring to their action. So I think that was there too many rookies? No, because this is going to grow the league, and now we're going to have a, a minor league. Uh, so that's so we're basically getting double the entertainment that we usually get. So I, I think that we have a good enough rookies to grow the league, to give us more entertainment and more competition. And more competition means more entertainment for us. So it's okay. good business. It's good all around. I'm not concerned at all. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, and, and it's true, right? It's like, it, again, it's not like the sport's been in existence for, for, for very long, and there's always, like, there's an ever-growing pool, right? Haitian, Christian has to really find those those potential rookies because we're not talking about, like, 500 players. We're talking about, like, 20 the, uh, like hundred something rookies that are best cream of the crop, but again, this is I think for only for this season to really inject uh, because there's missing there, there's way too much recycling at one point I find like certain players uh, that you know are okay, but they kind of got selected because you know there's not that much selection by doing an overflow of rookies. You won't have that much of a recycle of you know. Well, we got no choice. Put the pin, put him on, right? Uh, and it's going to really even make it more important to win uh, because this is a, now like you have really something to prove. If you lose and lose badly, you might have another shot, and you probably will. But if you screw that up too, there's a thousand other rookies that are there to jump on it, right? So it, it really cranks up the level of importance of studying, understanding the game, and not just, like, run, fly with it, right? Like, oh, I'm good. I know what I know. I think I know what I, I know doesn't fly anymore. Right. Oh, sorry, I, I'm glad Christian didn't draft me because I would not be ready for it, because, especially with my channel. And it's, again, I can't talk about it too much, but for, for what I know, of like, a certain specific uh, type of uh, training, it's It's intense. It is intense. It, it is now. It's not just like oh, let's check. Uh, let's check uh, what I'm I good at. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. This is at, at the level now. What I really consider as a professional sport, studying for the highest professional level, it goes to extreme measures that most people brains after they would be like, this is too much. They do it every day. They do it every day, every week, every month at a level that would be exhausting for a lot of people. That's what sets off. I think for this season. Everyone's gonna have to be like that if you want to progress. If you're not, I don't think you're gonna advance. That's how high the the talent pool is right now. Hell yeah, and and it's gonna be very interesting to watch. Uh, and uh, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe some of my concerns are all about nothing, but we'll find out. But uh, right now, we're gonna move on for uh, our numbers guy here, Dan. Uh, he's gonna take us through his sexy numbers. Uh, what do you got for us this week, Dan? Well, first, let's start off with some definitions. I want to clarify what the difference between win points are and match points. Win points are the points that a competitor wins after, after they've won their match, hence the name win points. Match points are the scores that each competitor earns during their match. So it's basically the score. So if I earn 30 points and Jay uh, earns 29, I get 30 uh, my match point is 30. Jay Wade's is uh, 29. And I would win whatever win points that, uh, division we're in. So having that said, is there a simpler uh, way to have a, a simpler point system rather than the point system we currently have or previously have with the match points, the total accumulation of 
match points. So let's bring that up. Uh, so with corruption, though, they were in first place with both uh, point systems from 2020 and the current point system, and they've earned the most with uh, 794. Uh, in second place is the Finstock Exchange, which was in second place with uh, 21 of the new point system, uh, but they were in fourth place with the old point system. Uh, in second place uh, was Swag. Uh, in third place, Swag earned 727 points accumulative. Uh, they were also in third place with the uh, new point system uh, as previous in the second column, but that's a definitely uh, they definitely went lower because they were in second place with the old system. Uh, in fourth place, uh, the Quirky Mercs, they were in fifth place with the 2020 point system. They were in fifth place with the 2021 uh, system, but they were are in they are in fourth place with the match point system uh, using the 2020 scores. Uh, the, the Rockstars, who are were in third place with the 2020 point system, uh, they were also in fourth place with the 2021 point system. They dropped significantly to fifth place with 600, uh, it was 601 points. And the Quirky Mercs had 606 points. I don't think I said that. Uh, the Den, who had who was in sixth place with the 2021, the 2020 point system. The, the Den, who was in sixth place with the 2020 point system. Sorry, I, they were in. Uh, eighth place with the 2021 point system, they actually go back to sixth place uh, with 409 points. The Dungeon, who was in seventh place, they were in seventh place all around with uh, 21, 22 points in the 20, 2020 point system, uh, 16 points in the 2021 point system, and 397 match points using the match point system. Uh, the usual suspects, uh, uh, basically none of, no one else changes. Uh, usual suspects remain in eighth place with uh, 383 points, and the Burning Droogs are in ninth place with 322 points. So we can take that off now. Uh, now, the reason why I did this is because I want to see if there are this was an easier way to track it. And there are some advantages to this. One, you keep all the factions who lose matches remaining competitive, despite the fact that they lose. They can actually still have points. They can still have a, a, a force in this in the points race. But there are several disadvantages. For one thing, it doesn't create much excitement. Because if you can say, well, you know, the, the Burning Druids still have a chance, it really doesn't matter if we win or not. Because we can still get one point different. A one point difference, it doesn't matter. We, a loss is just a loss. It doesn't matter. Another thing is, is that if uh, this is actually also a uh, disadvantage with the regular point system, but they can actually, but this is actually a big disadvantage compared to the, uh, the point system, the win point system. Uh, factions may not be able to climb far enough. Uh, for example, we've seen um, the rock the, uh, the rock stars, and I'm using that correctly because it was last season. 
the Rockstars climbed all the way up to third place. We've seen that no matter what, the Rockstars would still be very low behind. They, they wouldn't be able to climb up to third place, even though they are behind and they, they can't climb up. So I feel that uh, this is actually a, the, the point system, uh, the win point system is the better option because you're, you are highlighting the wins rather than just, and you're keeping it more competitive. It is, and it makes the, the factions be hungrier to win. And, and it just creates better entertainment for us as consumers. So uh, let's bring Jay Wade. So let me get his thoughts on this. So what do you think? Do you think that they should change to a match point system or a win point system? Um, I think they should change it to a scoring system that I understand, like baseball or uh, football or, you know, uh, something like that. Um, no, I've just – I've never understood the whole uh, – from, like, the the MMA, boxing, wrestling, to, like, the rankings and the stats. Okay. It's just I, All of that is never – it's yeah, never I'm made a, sense to me, man. I'm a li- – I, I kind of know it, but it's – but I'm, I'm starting to understand it. Now that I actually can study it for myself, I am actually learning it. But even I was like you, like maybe just a few years ago, I was like, how do they figure out these rankings and stuff? But I'm starting to learn it, and I have a system that actually produces that result. And uh, it's, it, it, I will say this. The new ranking system formula that I have for this year, this coming season, is different from last season, and it was – Last season, Christian just kept announcing different points, and I'm like, "Why? Why are you? I did all this hard work. Why do you have to change it? Now I have to rechange it." It's, it's so. Fortunately, I didn't have to change too much this season. All I have to do was just change. I think the TKOs. Those were the only things I really had to change, but I figured it out, and I think I, it's going to be pretty accurate uh, the season coming forward. Uh, going forward. Hell yeah. Um... Yeah, I'm looking for. I say this every week, but I'm looking forward to when the matches actually start because yeah. then I think it'll start. If we can start with a clean slate, yeah. and I can see weekly the points and as the ranking systems. And change. That, that's what I'm going to do next week is I'm going to reveal with the current matches that we have slated that we have scheduled where everybody's at, and then once that match those matches air, once the match of the week airs, you're going to see the the bars go up. You're going to see the bars shrink, and you'll learn it over time. Like, okay, this is what this means, and you'll get, you'll start to pick up on it. You'll start to see patterns, and I hope our audience will pick up. You, you will pick it up because you can actually compare and contrast what happened from the previous week if you go follow me on Twitter. Do that, everybody. Double D and his sexy, sexy numbers, everybody. Uh, let's, uh, let's bring I French. I don't need a Roxy Shryer sound clip, Frank. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we do need a sound clip of Roxy. And so I'm, I might work on that. I got some other thoughts brewing in my head. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make come, uh, come true. Uh, let's bring Frenchie back up here. Um, is he back? He's come back. Maybe he's taking care of his. Uh, oh, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm just slow, guys. I'm slow. Right. Right. Well, and every time you're on I try to do your job and push the buttons, I end up messing you up. So I'm sitting here like, 
Come on, dude. What's going on? Hurry up. I'm back. Stop um, complaining. Uh, but now, actually, Dan, you get the hell out of here because uh, Frenchie's oh. Corner is, is about to go down. Uh, this is all Frenchie's segment here. Uh, what do we What do we got going on this week, man? Well, I'll let, like usual, the ticker speak for me. Give me a quick second. Like I said, I'm slow. And bada boom. What? Would you name who would you name captain for each faction, right? So this is something that Christian brought up. Every faction is gonna have a captain, and it makes sense in sports. You have captains. You have people who you know can lead the charge. Not necessarily the best players. Some some teams have incredible scores, but sometimes they go on personality, and sometimes it's the best player as well. So there's a different approach to captains you can have for every team, depending what you have as a core. Right, so that's what I want to discuss you about: is who should that be, who should that core be in every team, and what aspect should he base it on? Right. So um, instead of going like uh, your picks and my picks, uh, I would like actually to go faction by faction, and we both uh, give our picks. Are you okay with that? Sounds good to me, buddy. Let's do it. Okay, so let's start with corruption. Uh, Shannon's Shannon Barney's uh, faction. You got a lot of good players here, right? You got a lot of good uh, potential, but for me, there's one and only choice, uh, and it would be a sacrilege not to do it uh, or not to name him as a captain. That would be Mike Kalinowski. Uh, I completely agree with you. Which Holy I'm shit. <laughs> I said that because I'm the one who was arguing that are the power couple. And you were like, there are no such things, and they're not a power couple. I was they're not like Ellison or or, or, or something like that. But uh, no. no, absolutely, Kalinowski. Uh, Shannon Barney is the queen, and uh, yeah, he is the uh, he's the uh, the king, but the queen rules in this uh, in this situation. Uh, but yeah, dude, obviously it has to be Kalinowski. Yeah, it, it does because I, I still don't think there's power couples out there, uh, or if they they are, it's they are, the, the, they are. Uh, the, uh, we, we we settled we, we settled this before, but we did not uh, settle it, dude. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we settled it because I'm right. Uh, that be- <coughs> that being said, for me, Kalinowski, uh should still be captain because he's the original original corruption guy. Right, he started this goddamn thing. He put everything on his shoulders. He is uh, personally not the best player on the team anymore because that would be Collins personally. But he's still a solid, solid uh, player. And also, he is probably the one who has the most experience. Uh, so for me, it just it's a logical uh, train of thought for uh, making him captain. Uh, but the power couples and stuff like that has nothing to do, my friend, because it doesn't exist. Whatever. <laughs> All right, so... For once, dude, we agree on something. All right, so let's go for swag. Uh, now, my choice is a bit less obvious um, because, you know, Paul, Yama, Alon Harris, they're good, but I think you need to find the yin to Winston's yang. And for me, Winston's very energetic. He's very, like, goofy, but very, like, precise at the same time. You want the precise. You want the seriousness of it. But you want someone who can really uh, bring uh, the, the other side, the, the level-headed side. And for me, Ace Cabrera should be the captain. Dude, where where is the camera, dude? Because my list right here says Ace as should be the captain of Swamp. 
But what is going on, buddy? I mean, I, I could almost hug you through the computer right now. I don't know what's going on. We're in tune. We're in tune, my friend. I, I think we just because he is he is laid back. He's serious. He's determined. You know, um, not that not that no one else on that team is determined, but he's serious, determined. Mm-hmm. It's and, like he just he ain't messing around, dude. And he always says the right things at the right moments, right? There's times like, yeah, like um, I remember when he he won. It's like, yeah, I won, but I missed this question, this question. I'm not happy myself, right? He doesn't go like, oh, that person sucks. I'm better than them. Or or if he beats them, he doesn't gloat over it. And I think that's what Swag kind of needs because there's really big personalities. There's, you know, you got uh, Zipper now. You got Shandru. You got the people who are going to be in your face. But you need also someone to rein things back down and say, okay, we're good. But let's still check ourselves. And for me, that person to do it is Ace because he does it for himself. So imagine what he can do for the group. Yeah, I cannot argue that, man. All right, the stars. Um, the stars for me is is a bit more of a question mark because Jeff Snyder, as much as a, he's an amazing player, he gives up too easily. Uh, for me, a captain should not be someone who 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 lets emotion take over. And Roxy had to play for him often in a sense that she had to kind of put him back in his place. And that's not someone you want as a captain. That's someone you want as a player. So for me, Alex Damon should be the captain. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, uh, I did not go that route. Uh, For me, the team captain um, should not be baby heel Hannah. Uh, But in all seriousness, though, uh, in my mind, there's only one person to do it, and that's Mark Andreco. Um, he's he's very calm, cool, collected. He's not, he's not that calm and cool. He, he, he look at his championship match. Match he actually gave up before Snyder. He actually was like depressed and like, you know, he. he they are an odd couple. They're very different, but they're kind of alike in the same way that they're when they're very optimistic, they're very optimistic. When they're very like in the juice. They both let go very easily. You need someone who uh, is a champion in his own right, but also never breaks, never seems nervous. Damon, okay, never seems nervous. He's like, okay, let's roll with the punches. Let's see what we have, right? And he has that presence of a captain, whereas Jess Snyder and Draco are good players, but I don't think has the feeling like when I think about sports, right? When I think about teams, I don't see their characters actually fitting a captain, like, and leading. That's the thing. You want someone who leads the charge. And for me, leading the charge is a legend. If for them would be a legend as Alex Damon. Um, what you're saying makes sense. Um, however, in my mind, I would still go with Andrako over his, ex- because of his experience, um, and his time spent in the schmodown over Damon's. And you talk about, you know, someone to lead the charge. That's not always necessarily true in every case. Uh, in this case, I would say, even though she's the manager, Roxy is the one who leads the charge, and Mark Andreco would be the guy who keeps everyone together. I think he, that would be his role more uh, uh, in, in there. That, that's how well, I visualize it. But again, if we were you were taking sports, uh, Roxy Schreier is the GM. Now that's the thing; she's leading the charge because she has no choice no, but to the lead man. the charge. She's the she man. Has no, 
but if we're looking at um, if we're looking at sports aspect, right? Uh, on a team, you would have captains, you would have trainers. Uh, but right now, what the what the stars like? How the 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 the, the thing is set up is the managers choose the rosters and everything. So we can't even say they're the coach, right? Uh, the coach that has nothing to say with the roster. Basically, the role right now are GMs, right? So. I'm, I'm sure Roxy would love to pass the baton of responsibility to lead the charge because that's not necessarily her job. Her job is her, 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 in that. I think that's what makes her uh, the, the proudest of what she's built is that she but, is the one who leads it all and, and she's the mastermind. She's great at it. She could put her energy somewhere else. That's the thing. So she she doesn't have to do it. Uh, she she should concentrate on other things, and that's mainly because of Jess Snyder and Mark Andreco. She has to do it for Mark Andreco as well. So I don't see Mark Andreco getting past that baton, or at least you know taking off the load a bit of that responsibility. Maybe, maybe Roxy loves doing that, which is cool. But again, she has a lot more things to fry. So I think you should choose someone who can really. Uh, take on a bit of that responsibility. For me, Andreco, as much as a veteran and an OG of the game, I don't think, personally, I see him do that. I see a lot more David doing that. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. He ain't going to change my mind, but right uh, on. I, I, I never I never expect to do, uh, but one day my, my wish will be accomplished. Uh, Finstock and Change. Okay, this, this is an interesting one here. Um, oh, this shit show. <laughs> shit show point two. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, oh, I cannot. No. I cannot wait for them to start winning and you shutting your mouth. Um, if they win, I will shut my effing mouth about them and his his horrendous, mind boggling draft. I don't but, understand what the hell is going on. But 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 again, I, I'm not saying they're going to win the whole thing. But what I'm saying is it's going to work they're a lot more in their favor. Wrong. They're going. It's going to walk. Huh? Enough to prove me wrong. Like, oh, they, yeah. they, they, he needs to do good enough to prove me wrong. Which I think is not that much of a hard stretch. Uh, like, again, my first pick was the Den because the question was uh, last week, who did the best draft? But no. since I knew already because your big mouth told me the day before by accident and you're too slow to delete your Facebook messages, uh, so I actually saw your answer, uh, I decided to go with uh, something that for me the best strategy, something that's so different, and I really think that um, they're going to do something interesting because uh, for there's a lot of gaps, and, and that's what people are not thinking, right? There was a lot of gaps when it came to the interviews and and the analytics done by by certain people. We can only do so much at a certain time, and that's the thing that's that's a bit double edged sword with uh, the fan shows taking a bit of charge on you know profiling certain people. We only profile the people who we can have contact with, right? And there's some there's a lot of people like Amaru. He was left and right trying to find people, trying to expand the word, right? And it worked for him, definitely. But there's some that, you know, didn't get approached or uh, did not have time to approach uh, the interview show. So they were not on no one's radar, but they had the time to at least talk to, to, to managers or one manager that would be Finstock because he took the time to contact everyone. So there's holes here and there that, you know, they might be amazing players, but they just didn't have the chance to get covered. So because of that, I think Finstock found those people. Maybe not all of them. He said it himself, uh, John Rokas himself, there's three people they're targeting for the, to, make, to break the game, right? 
plus with John Roca, JT, and Greg, uh, and, G- and uh, Greg, uh, well, the Barbarian. So right now they're looking for six players, top main players, and three of them are people that pe- uh, people got overlooked but deserved a shot. So I really think it's going to work. That being said, John Roca should be the goddamn captain without a doubt. Uh, I agree with you on that one as well, sir. Um, not not only because, well, not only because he's pretty much the only person uh, I think is qualified. Not that Barbarian's not, but he just, I don't think he has the experience yet. Uh, when you stack experience up against Roca, Roca and Barbarian are the only two I, that I would feel comfortable in that position on Finstock Exchange. It's got to be Roca. It's got to be Roca. Yeah. If not, it's round four draft all over again. Yeah. Roca's ego is going get, to get back, get back into the uh, in the, in the Finstock's face. Now, the quirky Mercs, look, Bibiani, I love the guy, but not a captain. He's a mastermind of, of the game, but uh, he is a big personality that needs his ego to be flat in a certain way. And for me, a captain, um, a good captain anyways, that is not just based on accolades, but based on you know who can rally people around him. For me, it's not Bibiani. And as much as I love Brendan Meyer, he's really good. And I think he's a future captain. Uh, but we would give it more to because of his accolades. I actually take someone else who I think naturally is probably the most loved person of anywhere in Schmodown and could really rally people. No, she's not the best player. She has the best personality that you can't say anything wrong against Perry Nemiroff. Yes, same thing, dude. Same one on my list. And, and for this one, she, for real, she is the obvious choice for yeah. working works. Um, for everything you just said, she, and and yeah, dude, she's just so great. Um, how could you not, uh, how could you not take advice or guidance from her and not take it seriously? You know, she's just, she's so good, man. And and I don't even mean as a player, I'm just talking as a, as a human being, as a person, the way she presents herself, uh, very well organized, hard worker. It's great, man. It's great. Just talk about Roka, I completely agree. Before, but yeah, no, it, it, I mean, Nemirov, like again, she, her story is amazing. She was a baby face of the year, uh, comeback player in a sense. Also, she, she, no one gave her a shot, not even herself. She didn't believe in herself. And then when she started winning, she's like, oh my God, I can do this, right? But the love she has for, for the game, even though she doesn't also believe in herself, is amazing. But she really portrays the, Best example of what Quirky Mercs is. And that's what Captain should be. The kid is the next best person. But for her, she embodies Quirky Mercs. And you want somebody, somebody that embodies the philosophy of that team. They're not necessarily heavy hitters. But they're people that are never going to give up. And they're always cool to hang around with. And for me, that's Nemiroff, 145%. Yep, agreed. Now, next one. And this is going to be also an interesting one to, to, to try to... Demystify which one would be the best, and for me, that's the den. Okay, this is interesting. You got big personalities like Paul Preston, uh, cocky bastard, and extraordinaire Goddard. You got you know, Deralde, you got Saul, Mark Riley. Um, I still think I, I'm gonna make two choices. For me, it depends on the philosophy. If you want to go around experience knowledge, and just being there since day one, Mark Riley. 
if you want to go with someone who is so smart and so intelligent uh, and the can probably can digest the game faster than anyone else, you actually do a surprise move and you do Thomas Harper. That's interesting. That's interesting. Um, I, I, again, going with, I, I'm big on the experience. I'm going with Mark Riley as team captain for the Den. Um, to me, that one just makes sense. I mean, you know how damn impressed I am with Thomas Harper, dude. Yeah. Uh, but, but again, I just, I, I highly value the experience uh, because, because and, and I, I, it's nothing to take away from the rookies or, or new people, but we don't have anything to base uh, to base anything off of. And that's the only hesitation. I'm going as I'm going as uh, his actual experience in a sense, like his life experience. Uh, okay. What he do, what he does as a background, he, he's an attorney, like a military attorney, right? That's the type of person that can take charge, no matter what the subject is. Wait, he can wait, take wait, charge. Wait a Thomas Harper is a military military I, attorney. If I'm not mistaken, he's a military man, and I think like he's an attorney, like Jack, like Tom Cruise style and shit. Yeah. So, so if I'm not mistaken, and all the truth. Yeah. So, so like that kind of like background for me screams as captain. So we're gonna go fast, fast because we don't want to be too late, and we got uh, two factions left. Uh, so let's keep it short. The usual suspects. Um, I I honestly think uh, that um, it was between Ethan Irwin and Drew McQueenie. McQueenie has a past with Sam Levine. Uh, he has he's starting to get his character down. He, he ha- definitely has his knowledge down. You just have to find the right partner. So for me, Drew McQueenie is the obvious choice for the captain. Maybe it's because I like sassy broads and because she's the only chick with red hair that I really dig. But I, I think Stacey Howard, man, that's who I got to go for. If, if McQueenie wasn't there, definitely. But you got for freaking McQueenie. It's freaking McQueenie. <laughs> yeah, but he isn't. Pl- he, he didn't play last year. And so then Mara, right? And they're still rooting for Mara. Yeah, but uh, I, uh, Mara uh, be captain. <laughs> so and that argument means shit to me. Oh, all right. This so one I think we're going to very much be different on. Oh, you never know. I'm going to go straight to the point for me, the dungeon, Ben Bateman. No, 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 no. It, dude, it has to be Molly Damon. Um <laughs> Yes, it has to be Molly Damon. Um, I don't think Robert Parker uh, is the right fit for it. You've got, you got, dude. Ba- it can't be Bateman, dude. He has too big of a fucking ego. We don't need exchange, uh, exchange no. shit show happen. Hold on, hold on. Uh, Happening in the dungeon. We uh, gotta wrap it up. So, uh, is another huge personality, big ego. He's out for revenge. We need a team captain who is going to be able to not have drama. And I see if one of those two, being Merle or Bateman, are team captains, dude. I think that there's going to be some tension. I think there's going to be some future shit that goes down. We do not need look, that here. I would agree if we would have the same uh, problem as uh, Finstock, which are, you have like four or five egos at the same time. Right now, you look at uh, uh, the dungeon, the only other ego that there is is Jericho, and he refuses right now to play for Kaiser. Uh, unless, and even then, I don't think uh, it, it would clash with Bateman. But Bateman is the only ego, and he's a directing ego. He has an ego because he knows where he's going. He's not a, he doesn't have an ego just because he has an ego. He's a he's a pop as he's a pop ass sometimes, and I love it about him. But he's the only ego on there, and he's a useful ego. He's a captain type so, of ego. Dude, so I for me, Ben Bateman. Bateman. 
I love Ben Bateman, dude. I've said for like three years that I want him to be the first ever player manager in the history of Smodown. I still want that next season. Give it to us. But I'm just, dude, his ego is not a good kind of ego. He wins, yes. But, dude, I just, I think it's a toxic kind of ego uh, that, 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 that sours people around him if he's given too much power with that, to, to, with that, to wield that ego. And I think that's a part of what happened in Finstock Exchange. Molly it, Damon is the choice, dude. It's a part, but that's the part that's missing. That's those other egos trying to control. Too many chefs crashes the fucking kitchen. Now you got only one chef in the in the kitchen, and he knows where he's going. And for me, Bateman is the only choice. And you're wrong. And it doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what you say. It's gonna only matter what Mister Winston says. It probably got Winston. Yes, Winston Marshall, everybody. Let's bring uh, Winston Marshall up here and double deep back. Winston Marshall, manager of Swag. How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> feel, free, feel free to add your two cents to anything. <laughs> feel, feel free. <laughs> um, here's the thing. I honestly don't, and this just goes to show how hectic life has gotten. Um, I'm very on top of what's going on with the faction. We actually have our first uh, full faction meetup this afternoon. Uh, otherwise, it's just kind of been checking in with the two matches, obviously, coming up immediately. But, like, I, I barely know what's going on with the captain stuff because Christian doesn't always tell us stuff. Like, most of the time he does tell us up front, but a lot of times we have to find out from watching a stereo show, and I can't listen to Christian all day. Not because I have anything against listening to Christian all day, but, like, I'm working. So, like, I get it. Like, sometimes I'm like, cool, I'll listen, and sometimes I don't. So, did he explain fully what the captain is supposed to do? Because all I know is that I was supposed to be looking for an assistant manager, but now I guess I have to assign somebody captainship. Are they, what are they, what is the, supposed to be their function? Because then I can answer this question pretty easily. Last time I, I've heard is really someone, they're going to elect captain. The role of the captain's still in the air. Uh, but there's that, okay. Okay. But but for what we heard is is potentially captains on teams, which would make sense because uh, like uh, on a sports team, you would have a captain, you know, sure. to, 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 to row. And for me, I think maybe the role won't be established. It's going to be the, the, the managers to establish that role because a captain right. can mean a lot of things. It can just be a, a role model as much as it can be someone who, you know, leads the, the, the studying groups. It can mean different things depending on who you elect. Just to let you know, uh, I want uh, Jay Witt to, to say his selection. I actually think um, in our choices that you missed, I selected Ace to be your captain, to be the yin to your yang. Interesting. How did I? Interesting. That's, that, I, I, I don't, I, I, what, what, a double D, what was, what was your pick? I think Paul Oyama. Okay. I think he has, uh, I mean, Ace knows a lot about Star Wars. I no doubt about that. Inner Geekdom, obviously he knows stuff, but he needs to work on that. I think you need someone who knows the game overall, and I think Paul Oyama could actually do that. And I think that's a perfect fit for Paul Oyama. That is why I need to know what the, what the point of this is. If the point of it is how things are moving, then my answer is it is a it is a co captainship between Paul and Jandrew. If the mm. point of the if the point of the captainship is to just be the face. Then I would say that it's ace. It just it depends on what we're talking about here because that's why uh, without knowing, you know, I I really don't know. Like I mean, I'm not going to give away the farm. I know I use that phrase right. a lot when people ask, but 
it, it is my, my left and right hand are Paul and Chandru. Like, mm. period. Like, as far as making things move, they both have stepped up immensely. And they they are so on top of it as far as, like, helping me organize things, figuring out study stuff, like, et cetera, et cetera. The two of them have been completely invaluable. And it's part of it, like, a thousand percent. Why, why, like, if I feel like I'm getting a little overwhelmed because I have other things outside of the Schmodown to take care of. One of the two of them is instantly like, yeah, no worries. I got it. Now, everybody in the faction last season did that. Everybody in the faction was like, oh, brother, do your thing. Or if they needed something, we all came together as a family, as a unit. And that's why I'm excited about this first meet and greet uh, with the full faction. So we can reestablish that same, like, I don't plan on moving through the Schmodown without a similar base. Like, without having that. The faces are different, but I want the same camaraderie the same love and fellowship and those that are not with us anymore that are on other factions or have left the game or whatever they they are still a part of us no matter what like if they ever need me or anybody on it we like we're, we're there for each other so i'm very excited about that but I, I i to that point i agree if you're talking about the the, the energy that swag puts out you would say a thousand percent ace if we're talking about who is the face of what's going on there but if you're talking about like the full like, okay, got it, and like a lot of the heavy lifting, I give it to those two, and I wouldn't pick one. They Christian would have to accept that they're co-captains because they both equally pull their weight in that regard. So that would be my answer. That would um, be my second choice, but if I had to choose one, I over one, it would be Paul. But I'm not gonna. You're obviously the manager, so no, fair, no. That's, I mean, but everybody's entitled to have their opinion. That's fine. Like you know hey, what I'm hey, saying? Hey, like, hey. Yeah, it's, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, I, uh, well, speaking of Ace here, and uh, I wanted, I got a specific question here for you now. It, sure. A lot of people were surprised that you picked Ace uh, as late in the draft as you did. Mm-hmm. Um, d- double D's over there, like I wasn't surprised. A lot of people were surprised. Um, now, I just was wondering, could you take us through your thought process uh, going up to the draft as far as not just Ace, but like uh, your thought process as to as far as who you would pick and what rounds and, and, and maybe hoping that ACE would still be there at that point, or maybe you had a little inside in, info that he would be. I don't know. There's a couple things. There was a couple things going on at the same time. Some that I can talk about, some that I can't. Uh, the, the, the main thing is, and this is the biggest thing for anybody that's ever played fantasy football or done any sort of situation where you were in a draft situation, et cetera, et cetera. There's obviously the loyalty element of certain things that comes into play, but I think the biggest thing that you have to realize, especially like it'd be one thing if we were if the stakes were this if the stakes a thousand percent were the same as they were last season, but they're not now. Now we're actually playing for like serious money, things like that. Um, it always comes down to a a value situation. So if you've done fantasy football before. It is not normal for quarterbacks to go in the first round. It doesn't make logical sense. You go for running backs. The reason why is like they they a lot of times get hurt easier. They're they're not as this there's only you can only play one quarterback in most leagues, right? So that means that if you're in a 14 team league, only the top 14 quarterbacks really matter anyway, and only one or two of them are at some crazy elite level that you're like they're untouchable. Like if you get them, they might go in the second or third round, right? The rest of them can fall whenever. Same with defenses, same with tight ends, et cetera, et cetera. So 
essentially what was going into it, in all honesty, the plan was knowing how small the IG category is as far as players that are ready to take that next step. An IG player, especially an IG player that had utility that like could play on a singles or teams, um, that like a dominant IG player was always going to be our first round decision. Um, and then what was going to be the second round decision was essentially going to be the loyalty pick and that what we were going to do with Ace. Now, what I noticed happened immediately because we thought that we may not even get Ace in the first round that like I was watching how people were picking and watching the like you cannot if all four of us are drafting, I can't read your mind, but I can pick up on patterns. And I started to see both A, what people were filling their slots with and B, who they were taking. And I was like, oh, they're not, they are not following any sort of thing that would make logical sense in my mind. They're doing something completely different. And the fact that Ace didn't disappear in that first round and didn't even on that little, in that little gap where Kate had two picks in between us, I was like, oh, they have devalued him, which is bullshit. Because I know that Ace can easily beat every single person in the Star Wars division. You give him the, the time and the resources that he needs, Ace has proven it already, and he can do it again. So knowing that, I realized that if they weren't going to put that – like, I know it sounds backwards to say this, to say then why wouldn't I take him immediately. If I know that they're going to think of him as an, as an afterthought in a fucked up way, if that, if, if that makes sense from a value standpoint – I was like, I'm going to take a risk here because we need to make sure that from top to bottom we're polished. You know what I'm saying? This It's already been made very clear that Star Wars, you're going to need two ace, no pun intended, two ace Star Wars players to survive this season because we've already been told that there is going to be a, a larger Star Wars tournament where you will probably be putting up two players. So if I put myself in a position where, like, great, I grab ace, but then all the other super high tier Star Wars players are gone, then I'm screwed. And so my mentality literally came from if they're genuinely believing that Ace isn't like a top five, if not higher Star Wars player, if that's genuinely where their mind's at right now, I can run the risk of maybe getting him later. In the same way that like you look at Aaron Rodgers in football and you go, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is cutting it close. Like I think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback, right? But everybody else is like, ah, I think he's outside the top 10. And he falls and he falls and he falls. It's one of those situations that you're not doing it as a personal thing, as a personal slight. You're doing it because I can go and get a super elite player in like, cause I, I believe before Ace, I grabbed Vinny, if I'm not mistaken. So I can grab a Vinny and I know Ace is like, it's going to be available. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you, people have to understand something. When I took Ace last season, Ace was my 10th pick. The, the order in which you get picked honestly doesn't mean shit. I didn't even ask yeah. on this. Um, yeah, you, yeah. It, does, it doesn't mean shit because guess what? Adam Collins was picked up in free agency. He wasn't even drafted. So like miss me with this draft order stuff. That is all ego. That at the end of the day, that is all ego. And I know that sound that sounds differently when you're the one being drafted, but it's mm. a thousand percent. At the end of the day, it's a matter of like as we've seen, your 10th round pick could be your most valuable player. Period. It's, Tom Brady didn't get drafted in the first round. Tom Brady was drafted in like the fifth. And he is the greatest quarterback of all time at this point. So it's a matter of what you do with it more than anything else. It's it's a matter of like you don't draft necessarily the best players. You draft the, the players that you need as a missing link to the puzzle of your faction, right? So you can have this amazing person, but you see like already have another amazing person in that category. It will kind of clash and serve no purpose. 
but I have a weakness in Star Wars, let's say, I'm going to get someone else. No disrespect for that amazing person, but I don't need you. So it, that's well, the draft. It's, it, it's, a, it's a number of things because, again, think about it this way. Laura Kelly is two seconds away from a belt. She mm, literally yeah. plays a number one contender match. She wins that. Then she plays for the belt. She could literally be the champion within a month. So why would I, A, if points are so important, like, A, she's automatically geared up to get anywhere from, what, like, 4 to 11 points, if not more, to start off the gate. B, she's one of the absolute best Star Wars players that we've ever seen. And then C, again, looking at the A situation, Ace is also one of those players, but based off of what happened, I've even, like, we haven't even been told yet, like, what they're, like where he's going to be placed up against when he's going to match again to know an automatic match. Why don't you take it on top of the fact? Why do I just let corruption automatically get what they want? You're just going to give them back a number one contender match. Like, like there's, there's so much more at, at play here. And people that are saying that I was disrespecting ACE understand that not only did I make sure to text him before it happened, as soon as I did get him back, I, the, the draft was over. I called him and I was like, Hey, let me explain what's going on. It's not a personal shit at all. Like, I want to make sure that this squad rolls and we needed two, two homies. Like that's in order to work. We need like, if people use that same logic with singles, you'd be like, like, let's say, uh, who's a good example. Um, let's say with, with, uh, 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 I don't know. My brain's not working. Let's say the, the quirky Mercs, for example, didn't take, uh, uh, Kevin Smith right away. Let's say that they had retained Mara instead and Kevin Smith was there and all that kind of stuff. And let's say they took Mark Riley before they took Kevin Smith, but then eventually got Kevin Smith. That's from a standpoint of if they knew that people may not try and go after Kevin Smith because it's like he's a celebrity. He only talks to Koi, whatever, whatever. Why would you then not take that? If you know that you could get him in round seven because people aren't going to touch him, but he's still valued at a round one player why wouldn't you take all those other amazing players that are available that might not be there? That's risk. It's a risk. It is a it, risk. And it was a, yeah, go ahead. Go that's, ahead. What, that, that's what happened with, uh, sorry, I'm making sure because I know Dan wants to talk about that, but I have to say something uh, for that. Uh, that's why Jericho got picked up because uh, I think Kaiser's holding him hostage for a trade, right? So I think he wanted to avoid being held hostage to, for in order to have to be uh, have to do a move to get him back. That's why you kind of resign. Um, is if you really want that player, you might have to to cough and cough up big to have him, like Roxy will have to do for Jericho. Yeah, I mean, and that and that's the case. If if she ultimately wants to bring Jericho back onto the team, because it's it's clear that they have like a good relationship and whatnot, but she could be very excited, and it sounds like she is about the twelve players that she has, and that's not a knock against Jericho at all. But then like. What if she's super excited about someone she took in like the 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 Twitter rounds of the draft, and now she like potentially has to sacrifice them for that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you you have no idea where things are. So like, even people have been asking like, oh, is you know, did he just do that to make Laura Kelly trade bait? Well, no. I I personally were drafting people that I saw not only inherent value, but I believe in. I specifically put people on my team that I want to get to know better, that I want to be there to support, and that I believe in. I believe in every single person on my team, period. I don't care if you were signed beforehand or if you were the last person to draft. That's why people were asking, like, there's a lot. They were like, there were a lot of people that, you know, weren't touched. And, like, you took Frank Moran. Well, yeah, because Frank Moran, for what y'all don't know, Frank showed up to every single practice, whether he was involved or not. Frank was always there. Frank was always checking in on people. Frank was doing all that kind of stuff. 
that again is another one of those loyalty situations and again was a gamble there's a possibility someone was paying attention to his match against james white realized how lethal he actually is he just needed another opportunity and they could have stolen him from us but i took the calculated risk that i think they're going to look at him being own one in a in a play-in match and they may not you know they may not see that that potential value there that's why i was willing to take the risk about a little bit later so it's it's a matter of risk assessment and loyalty you can do both and that that's what my draft was it was both hmm. yeah i was telling these fools for weeks that uh, you were not gonna let ace go uh so getting to the draft continuing the conversation with the draft uh, what was your conversation with eric zipper like before you drafted him uh i didn't have one I'll be honest. Oh. I, didn't, I didn't have one. It was Hit your it was, back. <laughs> I, won't, I won't. I won't lie that like my my first thought was to get him and then just to make him sit there, which would be so petty of me. But but I but like the truth <laughs> is, what are, what the truth is, he's one of the best players in the Schmodown period, and mm-hmm. I think that it's just a situation that he needs to be given. Uh, you know, Kaiser does some great stuff in the dungeon. He's molded champions before. Uh, he molded two. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I give Kaiser all those props. Um, I think that that Eric just needs that kind of, like, support and belief in him, no matter where he goes. And who knows him better than me? Like, period. Out of everybody out of everybody in the Schmodown. Like, I, we've been friends since 07. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's one of those situations that I would expect, um, you know, that I can bring out the best in him. And that's that's my aim is to help my friend uh, get to that point. But, you know, I have to deal with his attitude first. You know, like, again, he's the one that dipped on me. So we'll see what happens. Okay. So my next question is um, was, uh, the situation that happened at Spectacular was, you needed. You were had a very had no margin of error. You need to get everything right and knockouts or TKOs or whatever. But uh, Shannon really did. Uh, obviously, Shannon and Roxy really double teamed on you because first you had a match with uh, Alex Damon and Ace and Ace won. Oh, no, it's, uh, Alex won then. Corruption uh, wins the championship and all that mess. So my question is, is could Shannon just go, hey, Blondie, I know you don't like me and I don't like you, but we have a chance here to really stick at the wins. And I know that you gave him that L earlier, gave you that L, and I know you want to give it back to him. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let Alex uh, Damon uh, be trained by Laura Kelly because I know you know nothing about Star Wars. And you can use one of your three, uh, and if you win, you might actually beat Finstock because I know you want to kick his ass, but you won't hold it unless Adam Collins beats Dan Merle. So you give me someone on your team to train Adam, not that he needs it, but I want to cover all my bases, and uh, we go for there and we do a little quid pro quo. Ah, I knew you weren't as dumb as I claimed to say you were. Because we're doing business with you. So, my question is... I was like, there's a question there. Yeah, I, I even wrote, wrote a comment. <laughs> Double D, finish your question. Could <laughs> Paul Paul actually happen between two managers? As far as what? That, as that, far that as is... someone, two managers working together to kind of 
filibuster uh, another one? I mean, I'll put it to you this way. In the same way that that we always um, – that that – how many times again have you seen like, you know, LeBron's on the Lakers, but like, yeah, he goes in balls with, you know, Kawhi. He goes and like hangs out with, with Dwayne Wade when he was still in the league. I know he just retired, like even though they weren't on the same team. So yeah, it happens all the time. Like people have to understand, like obviously, you know, Christian might feel some way about me being on a Schmodown show saying that we, but we're all, a lot of us are actually good friends outside of this. So I may on camera be like, I'll fuck you up. But like outside of it, be like, you know, you want the shot? Like it's, it's totally fine. And so I think that's the big thing that people don't realize is that people like have been in the same households and been on opposite factions. People have been, you know, like in, in like friends forever and on opposite factions and you're still, you're still in contact. So if, if Laura and Alex were training together, that wouldn't surprise me at all. If like Laura and Molly and Alex were all training together, you know what I'm saying? Like it's one of those things, depending on what it is, um, maybe you hold some cards closer to the chest. So like, I don't think that there's a lot of room because there's such a finite number of movies for star Wars. I don't think that that's as big of a deal to have star Wars competitors train with each other. I also don't think it's as big of a deal to necessarily have like IG and singles, but maybe you're not openly admitting if like Chandru was training with like Brandon Hanna on opposing factions, maybe they don't let each other know. Ooh, like, you know, this particular wheel slice would really fuck me over. Like, you don't do that, but you still might, like, have, like, a friendly scrimmage or practice together because you're homies. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it just purely depends on what you're talking about. Okay. Now, um, going back a bit on Star Wars, we talked about this a bit, but there's one aspect I want to really push on is the fact that Star Wars was fun to watch, but this year – it kind of feels like it's its own different beast. There's something in the air that really makes it feel like it's going to be a whole different entire type of of game, right? Uh, am I alone feeling this? And if if I'm not, what do you feel? Like, how is again, it different? Again, you're not going to get a, like look at look at what IG's been this entire time. You're not going to get away with just having one ace in the hole, no pun intended. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and IG, you're not going to have that in Star Wars either. You need to have a multitude of people. And that can step up to the plate um, for a number of reasons. It could be something as simple as Ace just booked a gig on a film and Ace is out for the next six months. And he, he's like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I, I could do a match, but I can't study. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Then all of a sudden that becomes a thing. And so th- it's a good thing that you have someone as equally as capable of kicking ass. So it's the same thing. I, I don't see Chandru losing this belt. Uh, so then I need... You know, Jen Kemp, I need uh, Eric Zipper. I need them to step up and I I need Ace to step up in IG and handle business because I'm going to have to put two people in a tournament. You know what I'm saying? Like you need to have backups to your backups. And the funny thing is, if you can put yourself in a position like this is why the dream team, when you think about like the 92 basketball, like Olympic team, the people that were coming off the bench off of that team were also cats that were all stars that were like championship caliber fucking players. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a matter of everybody is is all 99s on Madden and they can all do work. You're just making a decision about who's going in first and and understanding that is when you're a team, when you're a unit, that none of that has to do with anything personal whatsoever. You're just you're making certain decisions. Maybe I'm putting up so and so first because I'm like I'm looking at the field that they might play against. And they've got this record, so they're going to get a better seating. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe like 
you put in um, like Jen over Ace at the starting point of an IG tournament because Jen is, I believe, one and one, and Ace is zero oh and one. You know what I'm saying? So better seating. Like the, the, again, I think the thing that people don't do knowing that this is a sport, you're not taking more factors into consideration other than just skill or relationship. Cause you also don't really know people's relationships other than what you see from us on camera. Like there's, there, there's so many different layers to this mm-hmm. that I think people do not pay attention to that. If they did, they might understand, like, I, I, I can't, I can't stress enough. It's not my team. So I can't go super deep into it. But the one thing that I do know with, uh, with Stacy last year, people were giving Roxy a lot of shit for not putting Stacy in the tournament. Well, Stacy was, is a very hardworking, busy person. She didn't have like to what I've been told. She didn't have time for an entire tournament. She could do matches here and there, but those tournaments were hard. You want a mm-hmm. match or immediately assign a new match the next week. That's a lot of work that not just to find scheduling time to be in a match, but to prepare yourself to play in said match. So like people don't take schedules into consideration. They go, how could so-and-so fall so far? Well, maybe a manager or two talked to them and found out like real talk. I can probably play once every three months. So. Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. Carl Malone said it himself. I don't care if you call me last. I got the call. Peggy, this is the part of me that's really sad that you're not on swag this year because I would love to have these conversations with you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Um, we we got like one more minute here left. Okay, in the sorry, show. sorry. I, no, no, you're cool. Uh, I would like you to settle something <laughs> for us, uh, if you don't mind. Um, real quick, though, before I do that, anyone watching right now, please subscribe to this channel if you haven't already. Share us, help us out, help us grow here. Um, also, real quick, uh, we have we have three of your players coming on here within the next three weeks, Winston. Wow. Uh, we got Sean Drew and Laura Kelly and Ace coming on uh, Amazing. this month. Amazing. So, yeah, it's going to be great. Um, but we were talking about this uh, last week, uh, mm-hmm. and Frenchie and I especially don't agree. Doug Benson. Now, okay. he was a rookie last season, but yeah. he didn't get to compete. Right. Is he still a rookie since he was actually – my argument is that even though he didn't play, last year was his rookie season, and you don't get two rookie seasons. But, but, oh, Jay, you annoyed the shit out of me. <laughs> Jay, okay. come on. Look, Jay, okay, we, we went over this. If you got a rookie drafted in a sports team, but he got injured and he didn't play his match, uh, technically in the other season after the, the time he actually goes on ice and has his first game, that's considered his rookie season. Yeah, so you can't say that. I, I, want, I want to talk about American sports here in reality. Hockey is American sports. That's that's the thing, though. To my knowledge, I don't think that there's ever been a situation you can technically get comeback. And that, I think, was the argument as to why Ace was not in in, uh, contention for Rookie of the Year, because he kind of had a one weird three-person-on-a-team match seasons ago, but they still counted it. They still counted it as a thing. So I here's the thing. No, your rookie season is is not the season that you first put on the cleats. The rookie season is the first time you were signed to a team. Period. So Doug Benson, he wasted his rookie of the year opportunity, but that doesn't mean he can't be comeback player of the year because he right. wouldn't be technically coming back. So in the same way that like in this sport, the biggest injury, honestly, is time. Flip me off all you want. You no, 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 I, I, I'm, I'm doing the Jamie. I'm doing the Jamie. I was, I was, I was, I was like, I was like, yeah. the out here saying they so friendly, and you got a little bit of yeah. attitude. Right. You want to look at him in the camera? No, no. 
out at him like, <laughs> I got you. Yeah, like, I, it, it, no, and never would I dare to say, fuck, man, you never know, but you haven't missed me out <laughs> enough. And we, and this is not the first time we talked together, uh, sorry, so, um, but no, no, I, I, because he, he annoys the shit out of me sometimes. But I, I really don't agree with, with what you said in the sense that for me, the rookie years when you have your first match, you can be signed, but if you don't have a match at all, um, so here's here's the answer to your question. Here's the simple answer. Doug Benson could have been signed. If you were allowed to be signed, you were not a rookie. Period. Rookies are people that have never participated in the Schmodown. Period. That okay. that is that was the rule. And mm. that so Doug Benson was allowed to be approached and signed if someone wanted to, but obviously okay. that was not something you were going to go after both A celebrities it's harder to convince them and B you know what I'm saying? Like you already kind of knew like, all right, well, he, you know, he has a connection with Sam. So that might be an automatic, like whatever. So that's the answer to that question, to be honest with you. All right, Jay, wait, don't, don't get used to this. You're right. It's okay. Lastly, because I really wasn't sure. And I was of two minds of it. And I could see both arguments, but it's like, I really don't know. And one is a traditional sport, but again, it is, he's not a rookie because He's already in the showdown. So I really just – I pose the question to these guys because they know more about sports than I do. Let me and ask. I don't know. I don't know what – and they're just- – let me ask, because I, I, I will admit that like I'm doing better about my Schmodown history, uh, and I go back and watch. But there's a lot that I don't necessarily see. Has Thad Williams ever played a match? Two. He played. I think it was uh, okay. technically three. He That's played- fine. The fact that he played any, it, it makes my my question null and void because but that was that was another example. I knew he was commissioner. I knew that, but I yeah. was saying that like. If he hadn't played one, he was someone we were allowed to approach. That was I was just going to use him as another example. But if he's played matches, it doesn't matter, and it's not important. I so. see. I see. Interesting. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, thank you for letting me down, Winston, yeah, and making right. this guy right. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and and uh, one, the very last thing, I'm going to put you on the spot, Winston. I'm sorry, but I have to because I have to hear. Um, when are you going to come back on Go Get That Rose, dude? That's true. There's been a lot of shit going on. What the fuck is going on, bro? There's been a lot of shit going on. The biggest, it's, it's, out of, it's, out of, it's out of control. I'll, I'll be honest. The biggest thing, and, and I, I apologize it's taken me so long to get another on another one of your shows, Jay Wade. I just have been so busy, and now with this new job I have, it has been even worse. Um, but, you know, I'm. I'm. when do you film again? Oh, we when. Wednesdays uh, at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Okay. So at this point, the problem is I go into work nowadays at 8 a.m. and I leave at like 9 p.m. Oh, so, that's, that's so like, bad hours. It's, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. So if oh. I find myself one of these Wednesdays with stuff clearing up some, then dope. And if not, then because like a lot of times what I can do, I'm still at work, but then like my priority becomes cool, let's run a Schmodown practice while yeah, I'm, like, yeah. logging data. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it, it I got to put my priorities currently. Oh, and, this, and this job, I, I it, was, it was an eight-week job, so I got five weeks left. So by then, I think the Bachelor's over, but we'll see what happens. Well, you were the inspiration for that show, so, of course, uh, I'm, I'm forever going to be trying to get you back on there. Of course. But, of course. Uh, but yeah. I, um, I, I an episode and never again. That's I, I don't get people who, who like it. Uh, it. It's not a thing in Canada. It's, it's not very well popular. Uh, and because of this guy, I'm like, oh, you know, I, I kept going on the show just to support him, but didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. Then I'll, I'll go watch an episode, and 
like 30 minutes in, I'm like, Mike IQ was dropping by the fucking second. Yeah, but that's that's what trash TV is for, though. It's for, yeah. it's for, it's for IQ droppage, so you can for like half a second and go, no, I don't have to worry. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I took us way off track there. Uh, Winston Marshall, thank you very much for stopping by. Really appreciate it. Uh, you, had a, you had a really good draft. Uh, you got a good season ahead of you, I think, I especially wait. with Laura Kelly, man. I'm a big fan of her. So. All, every single person on, on our team is a killer, is an absolute killer. And 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 from everything that I've garnered just from the few texts we've been able to send before this meet and greet, there also seems like to be some of the funnest people that can possibly like come together. So I cannot wait to see what swag does this season. Like we've even like I don't want to ruin the surprise, but we have a surprise for y'all pretty early on as well. So I'm looking forward to that too. Uh, with that, you know, much love to everybody. Uh, you can find me at the swaggy blurred right here. There, there's my thing uh, on all the socials and uh, yeah, much love to y'all. Yes, sir. Winston Marshall, everyone, manager of swag drip drip, uh, huge fan. Great guy. Thank you so much for stopping by. And uh, that is going to do it for this week's of speaking of Schmodown. Uh, got off to a little bit of a rough start at the very beginning with me forgetting the name of the show. But uh, but it, it, it's got a smooth ending now. Uh, Dan, why don't you go ahead and tell the folks where they can find you at, sir? You can find me on a Stereo and on Twitter simply at Dan Belinsky. Simple as that. And Frenchie. You can find me on Norm Schmoes, uh, Norm Schmoes on Twitter. You can find me at Schmoes and North on YouTube. Uh, this Saturday on Freshly Talks About, uh, I got uh, the uh, Arsenal, uh, which is a New Brunswick guy that was on the draft list for Star Wars. Didn't get didn't get drafted, but I have high hopes for him for GCL. Uh, and we're going to talk about the philosophy and the meaning behind Star Wars. Uh, so not just geeking out over Star Wars, but really the true philosophy uh, that is based um, on Star Wars. And also uh, the actual true religion of Jedi, that it actually exists in our, our time. You, you can actually go to a temple of Jedi, per se. So uh, we'll be there diving really deep into the data, that aspect of real-life the uh, stuff that people take uh, from something that does not exist per se, right? And you can also uh, find me every um, every week on this show from 2.30 to 4. Don't miss out. If you haven't subscribed to the show, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel or our YouTube channel, Schmozen North, subscribe. We really interconnect and you won't be missing a, a thing. We have awesome content and so does J-Way. You can even uh, yeah, eat yeah. What's that? You can even eat at a Jedi's restaurant. It's called yes. a Jedi's restaurant. It, it, it's leaking. It is leaking into the real world. That's that's what I mean. Like people take it so seriously that they're making it part of their lives. So I that's what you do with Star Wars. Though. It just says Jedi's restaurant. Like oh. <laughs> anyway, y'all can find me at uh, at jwade1134. That is the letter J W A D E one one three four. You can also follow us on Twitter at the Jcast Network. Uh, subscribe to this channel and also to your podcasting platforms, please. Uh, I also <coughs> the movie blog. You can find those on my Twitter bio. Uh, until next week, everybody, we, we will have Rachel Silvestrini in the house. And uh, the week after that, Chandra and Roca on. And then the week after that, Laura Kelly and Ace. But Rachel Silvestrini next week. Everyone, until then, be safe. something funny the mic wasn't on that whole time no way yeah for real oh wow
so smooth.